Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. When you're strapping down something with a ratchet strap, each pull of the handle makes it grip tighter and tighter. The grip of sin is something similar. Today, Pastor J.D. is going to show you that the more you let sin into your life, the tighter its grip is on you. And each time it tightens, the harder it is to escape. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 25th, 2022. First, and I want you to think through these questions and please have ears to hear, okay? Are we looking to a leader for our freedoms and liberties under the banner of them saving us from that which they themselves created? Second, are we grateful to the perpetrators of this evil, and it is evil, for the temporary relief from restrictions and as such their imposed threats? Again, the physical and psychological threat to our very survival. Third, am I full of anxiety, confused, stressed, fearful, and depressed because of COVID and the abuse and torture that it continues to inflict? Yeah, we've got a little bit of a reprieve, a little bit of a respite. Oh, perfect. Enjoy it. Fourth, have my feelings changed as a result of the abuse and torture at the hands of those responsible for this satanic genocide? And fifth, and finally, and perhaps more importantly, and I really want you to think through this one, have I developed a defensive and combative attitude towards anyone who dares speak truth to me in love. Let me ask the same question in a different way. Am I defending the perpetrators? So someone comes to me and says, hey, you know you're being held hostage, right? You know that you're in bondage, right? You know that they are trying to control you, right? And you pull your mask down (laughs) and start defending them. And all anyone has to do, I mean, how dare they? Because they love you, that's how dare they. See, we don't just speak the truth in love, we speak the truth because of love. Think about it in the parenting relationship. You love your children. I mean, 
if you didn't love them, you wouldn't care. I mean, go ahead. No, I love you so much. I have to say something. This path that you're on, oh, it may feel right. How can something that feels so good be so wrong? It is the way of death. You're deceived. And I love you enough to put our relationship and friendship in jeopardy and tell you the truth, because the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In chapter 27 of Jeremiah, four times, no less than four times we read, they prophesied lies. They prophesied a lie. Four times. Then you get to chapter 28, and we read, they make people trust in a lie. Although, wow, that could have been, that's what I love about God's Word, right? No matter where you're at in God's Word, it's where you're at in your life, because God's Word is active and alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to cut surgically. You're believing a lie. You've been deceived. I'm telling you the truth. And you're defensive. Hmm. Why are you defending the very perpetrators of the evil in which you are now suffering? Why are you defending the narrative? Have you been so brainwashed? You know, there is a difference between being brainwashed and washing your brain. Yeah, I know, Pastor, you lost it a long time ago, but hey, think about this, okay? The washing, the renewing of your mind with the Word of God, the water of the Word of God. Don't be conformed to this world, Egypt, this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, how? By the water of the Word of God. See, we've been brainwashed. We need to have now a washing of our brains, a renewing of our minds. That's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, by the way. When we were going through Romans verse by verse, I still, after teaching the same passage twice, I had to go back the second week and say, you know what? There's more here. We can't go to verse 3 yet. <laughs> we spent a couple weeks in verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12, and even after that, I'm like, I still don't get it. <laughs> There's so much more here about the renewing of your mind, because the battleground's in the mind. Mind control, brainwashing, programming. They programmed us. That's why it's called programs, by the way. On channels? We talked about that. Hollywood, Holly, the ho <laughs> It's even worse than that. It's a deception. It's a lie. And why are you getting so defensive? I'm telling you the truth. And you're getting all defensive? You're defending the captor? You're the captive. You're defending Egypt? They, do you remember? Apparently you have selective memory. Because this same Egypt that I guess gave you a buffet meal one day with leeks and onions on the side in a tray, I guess maybe they did that, but you're not remembering that it's the same Egypt that also made you get your own straw and keep the same quota of bricks 
You also seem to have forgotten that it's the same Egypt that abused you and beat you and tortured you and tormented you. Why are you defending them? Why are you setting up a legal defense for them? Ah, i got to keep going here. Let me share with you the genesis of this uh, update today. About three weeks ago, um, I'm just, you know, in my time with the Lord, and I'm in the Word, and I'm in prayer, and, and I just remembered this Stockholm Syndrome. I remember uh, reading about it, doing some research on it, and so I decided just to kind of refresh my memory. I kind of knew a little bit about what it was about, but I knew there was something there, so I started doing some research, and I put some notes in my file and saved it in a file that I <laughs> call need more information file. You know which one I'm talking about, the file that you put information in, and I might come back to that. Well, I did that. And I had actually a, a pretty good amount of notes on Stockholm Syndrome, and I thought, hmm, this sounds very familiar. Stockholm Syndrome. So, last week, I'm talking with a dear pastor friend of mine on the phone, and in the course of our conversation, which was long overdue, he says to me, JD, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. I'm like, that's it. Boom. I think they have a word for it. It's called confirmation. So we kind of went back and forth, and I uh, ran out of time, had a staff meeting to get to, so I just texted him. I said, hey, can you just kind of expound on that? Because uh, I was thinking the same exact thing, and I'd like to hear more about what you have to say. So he did, and he's given me permission to share some of what he wrote in regards to Stockholm Syndrome and the COVID abuse and torture. He says, I noticed that people were ever so grateful when even the worst abuses were only mildly curtailed. The population in Hawaii who were severely abused mentally, physically, and emotionally seemed to celebrate their captors or the most minor concessions. But it was a one-way ratchet, ever-tightening and never substantially loosening. Our people were the battered wife in an abusive marriage. If our population were an abused spouse, she could have said, he won't let me go to work or see my friends or go outside, but it's my fault. I shouldn't have gotten sick. I should have known better. So I'm thankful that he hasn't beaten me in a couple days. The similarities are uncanny once the metaphor becomes clear. Why would anyone stay in such a relationship? Battered wife syndrome? Stockholm syndrome? Unfortunately, there is another side to the Stockholm syndrome, that of the perpetrators. The victims become subservient, but the criminals become emboldened. Stockholm Syndrome was a perverted bond that had formed around the dehumanizing abuse they'd endured. 
the victims identified and empathized with their abusers, even protecting them, and in our cases, listen, continued to vote for them. I could close a prayer right now, and we would be good, right? I won't. You're not getting off that easy. Ah, that, that got me, by the way, I just have to say. In a separate text message, this dear pastor friend of mine wrote the following, and in a way it took the proverbial words right out of my mouth. Quote, Denial of the diabolical events and abuse surrounding the COVID operation has placed us, speaking of him and I, whose eyes are open in a wholly different camp. I find it nearly impossible to be in fellowship with those ministers who refuse to see things as they truly are. We have resisted the initial forays into transhumanism, while others, including pastors, have embraced the new normal, the beginning of it anyway. Speaking to pastors who naively move along like it's church in 2018 is an exercise in madness to me. Bombs are falling, yet they refuse to see that we're in a war. Real fellowship in such times becomes rare and sweet. Thanks for being awake and allowed. I could probably count on one hand the number of pastors that I can have this kind of a dialogue with, by the way, sadly. Well, over the last few weeks, as you probably noticed, I don't know how you couldn't, the prophecy updates have been intense, and the common denominator has been that of lies and deception as really the main sign of the end. Did you catch that? It's not earthquakes, which by the way are increasing. Uh, It's not famines, which by the way is happening and increasing. It's not wars and rumors or threats of wars, which by the way are happening and increasing. It's not pestilences and nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom, though all of that is happening and increasing, like birth pains in greater frequency and intensity. The number one sign is deception. Deception. Let no man deceive you. Do not be deceived. Second Thessalonians 2, perhaps the most powerful prophetic passage in this regard. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, actually with specificity, details in great detail the chronology of the events. First, the rapture has to happen. That's verse 3. The departure, spiritual departure. It's not a departing from the faith. That's later. It's the rapture. It's a physical departure. That comes first. Second Thessalonians 2.3. Then the Antichrist is revealed, that man of sin. And here's the thing about this man of sin. He's going to do these lying, lying, lying 
signs and wonders. Wow! Did you see that? Wow! Jesus of that said that were those days not shortened, speaking of the seven-year tribulation, even the very elect would be deceived. And furthermore, if those days weren't shortened, no flesh would survive. So deception, he's going to deceive. It's incredible, for lack of a better word. If you got a better word, let me know, but incredible. (laughs) Because it's God Himself who sends this powerful delusion, this strong deception. Why does He do that? That doesn't sound right. That doesn't seem fair. No, they've already made up their mind. They've already rejected the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. So because they've rejected the truth, and by the way, He's the truth, not a truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through Him. So they've rejected the truth. Now they've opened themselves up to the lie. And they're going to believe the lie. This powerful delusion. But God, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good, for the salvation of many this day. Because that's exactly what is going to happen with Israel one day. Now, I want to, again, just bear with me here, because I want to try to wrap it up but not before making this very important connection to deception. Deception is the catalyst for salvation. Wait, what do you mean? Well, in the seven-year tribulation, the Jewish nation will come to salvation. Do you know when? When they realize that they've believed the lie the false Messiah, that they've been deceived. It was a deception. And this deception, the false, the lie, will be the catalyst that brings them to the truth, Jesus. And for the second three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, God is going to protect His people who have now come to their true Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And then at the second coming, which by the way, this is why the enemy from the very beginning has tried to exterminate, annihilate, eliminate, terminate all the eights, (laughs) the Jewish people. See, Jesus had to come from that bloodline, if I can say it like that. So if he could somehow corrupt the bloodline, make it impure, alter the DNA, he could thwart the first coming. Didn't work. He tried, uh, starting with Cain and Abel, to thwart the seed of the woman, but it came through not Abel, but Seth. Then when that failed, all throughout history, go to the Old Testament. In fact, we were just talking about Pharaoh in, in Egypt. All of the Hebrew male boys were cast into the Nile to their certain death to eliminate the Hebrews. That was demonic. That was Satan trying to eliminate the Jewish people, to exterminate the seed of the woman that would come from this people. 
this bloodline, save Moses, who was a deliverer, a type of Christ. Fast forward to one of my favorite books in all the Bible, which all of the books are my favorite books in all the Bible, but Esther, we talked about this a little bit on Thursday night. Haman, demon-possessed, gets the king to issue an edict to exterminate and annihilate and terminate all of the Jews. Mordechai, Esther, for such a time as this. And by the way, if you don't do this, deliverance will come from another. But Haman was demon-possessed in the efforts to eliminate God's people and that bloodline, so the Messiah could not come. Well, the Messiah comes. Now we've got to shift gears and regroup, and now we've got to thwart His second coming. Enter Herod. The boys, two years of age and younger, were, I'm sorry, butchered, murdered at His hands. Fast forward to, and we're going to talk about this more in a moment, one Adolf Hitler. What is it? They all start with H. Haman, Herod, and Hitler. Anyway, never mind. That was just a side note. The last century, demon-possessed in his efforts to eliminate the Jews. You know, the final, ultimate, ultimate will be during the seven-year tribulation via the Antichrist, who will try to destroy all of the Jews. But God, but God, the whole house of Israel will be saved. And here's the thing, Jesus can't come, the second coming, until they call upon Him. See, Satan knows the Bible better than you and I do. Did you know that was in the Bible? They're going to call upon Him and look upon Him, the one whom they had pierced and wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. And they're going to call on their true Messiah. And then He comes. And guess who's going to be with Him? You too. Raise your hands. (laughs) The rapture, He comes for us. The second coming, He comes with us, ten thousands by His side. Yeah! Can't wait. All right, let's get back to our prophecy update already in progress here. So are you with me on this? Do you get what I'm saying? I'm sure there's a lot better way to say what I just tried to say, but deception is the catalyst for salvation. It's coming to the realization, I have been deceived and believed a lie, and it brings me to the truth, Jesus. And that's what the whole point of these prophecy updates is, right? Is to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. And so when one realizes, wait a minute, (sighs) oh, I see what that pizza was about. Okay, I won't use that one anymore. (laughs) Oh, you deceived me. And I've defended you? You perpetrated this. You did this. And I was deceived. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. 
If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.